Hello, and welcome to the Relatable Homeschoolers podcast. I'm Harmony Harkema, and my co-hosts are Annie Carlson and Heather Gerwing. We are three ordinary homeschooling moms with nine kids ranging in age from early elementary to high school, and our homeschools are anything but Pinterest perfect. Whether you are a veteran homeschooler, a new homeschooler, or just homeschool curious, we want to encourage you in your homeschooling journey and offer you practical tips and tools to make your homeschooling life easier and more fun. We're so glad you're here. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Relatable Homeschoolers. This is Harmony, and I am here tonight with Lindsay Hufford. And if you listened to season one, you will remember that Lindsay was one of our early podcasters when the four of us started. And she's been off the podcast for a few seasons because her kids went to public school. So we're going to talk tonight about that journey and what it has been like for her family to transition out of homeschooling. So Lindsay, welcome. It's so good to have you here. I'm so glad to be here. Thanks for having me back on. I miss you all. We miss you. We'll just dive right in here. And why don't you tell us a little bit about what prompted your family to transition out of homeschooling? Because you'd homeschooled from the beginning. So your kids had never been to public school. What prompted you to transition them to public school? And tell us just a little bit about what that's been like. Okay. In February of 2021, our family moved from Michigan to Middle Tennessee. We are about an hour south of Nashville. And when we moved, we knew that finding another homeschool community like the one we had in Michigan was going to be a challenge and we were open to it. So even before we officially moved, I kind of started researching in the area to see what homeschooling options we had available. In Michigan, my kids have been part of a pretty unique drop-off co-op that used some state funding to help pay for it. And when you have three kids at a co-op, it was really nice to have those classes paid for. So there was definitely a financial component to that. We were looking for something that would be a similar setup. I really enjoyed having the drop-off day that day. Gave me the opportunity to get some errands done. The kids really enjoyed their time with their friends there. But we really didn't find anything like that in our area. And we really didn't want to travel any more than about an hour for a co-op if we didn't have to. So I started looking around and doing my research and we realized that when we would move, the school year ends a little earlier here than it does in Michigan, mm-hmm. almost a month earlier, actually. They're, the kids are usually done before Memorial Day. So we gave our kids the option. It was their choice. But after, you know, my husband and I had decided to give them the opportunity to make that choice. And my kids are a little older. Uh, my kids are now 14, 12, and 9. So two years ago, they would have been 12, 10, and 7. And we told them, you know, this might be a great time for you to try school if you want to, because you'll only be doing about, I think it and in the end, it only ended up being like seven weeks of school because they had a spring break week in there. And then because at the time COVID was still pretty rampant in our community. So there would be times where the school district would have to go remote. My older two, they wanted to give it a try and they ended up loving it. So we have become officially public schoolers from that point on. I was still homeschooling my youngest until October of 21. So he stayed home with me for the end of that first school year and then Mm -hmm. started the beginning of the school year back with me at home. But after homeschooling three kids for so long, homeschooling one kid was actually harder because we didn't really have a community for him and he was getting really bored at home. So we decided to kind of not really push him, but, you know, give him a little incentive to maybe try what brother and sister were doing. And there was a little bit of an adjustment period there, but 
maybe like one or two weeks where he was a little unsure about it, but now he's up way before his alarm every morning. So excited to go. Wow. Were you surprised (laughs) by that? I was, you know, I was excited for them. And we had talked about my oldest possibly going to public school that last school year that we were in Michigan, but everything then was either fully remote or, you know, they were only having kids go certain days, which I was totally on board with to help keep everybody safe. But I just figured we kind of counseled him and said, that might not be your best introduction to school. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Just because it would be such a deviation from what a typical school year would be. So we were kind of already thinking about transitioning any of the kids who wanted to be out of homeschooling to public school. So it was in the back of our mind, but I really thought for sure, especially after those first few weeks when they came home and they really enjoy the social aspect of it. They do still complain a little bit about stuff that goes on at school. But anytime I mentioned to them now, oh, you know, you can always homeschool again. Like that's always an option. They're like, no, we want to stay. So they're really enjoying it. And I will say the school that my kids are at is pretty unique. Um, In Tennessee, there are these, they call them unit schools. It's kind of like a magnet school. So it has a focus and we live in a pretty rural area. So our school is an agricultural focused school. I think there's only four unit schools in the state that are still open and three of them are within 30 miles of us. Oh, wow. It's K to 12 in one building and there are no more than 40 kids per grade. I think, you know, their largest class has 20 kids. It's like a private school size in a public school setting. And that was a good size, I think, for my kids to go into as well, because the really the whole school is about similar size to the homeschool co-op they were a part of. So that wasn't very daunting for them to make that change. Yeah, that probably actually made it a more positive transition. It would be much different than going into some huge suburban school or (laughs) in an urban setting. Obviously for them, the pros outweigh the cons because when they complain, they (laughs) they still want to stay. So what are some of the pros and cons that they've experienced or you've experienced? What have you noted as the differences? Uh, I would say the pros are definitely, you know, social. Uh, They really have found good friend groups at school. And that was our main concern with moving is how do you get your kids connected? It can be harder when you're homeschooling. And it was already hard because of the pandemic. So knew we're going to have to be intentional about that either way, whether you're in a public school, private school, or co-op setting, you know, when you have that kind of built in setting, it does make it a little bit easier. I think, aside from the social stuff, my kids really enjoy learning from other people. And all three of them are very, I guess results driven type of people. So they love the grades. Which oh, is so funny. Yeah. I wouldn't have, you know, I was a pretty relaxed homeschooler. Like we didn't really do much grading of things. Uh, Math, you know, I might like tell them how many they did wrong, but I wasn't out here with a grading scale or anything, but they really enjoy that. I think they get a real sense of accomplishment and pride from being with their teachers and their peers. They all are doing super well in school, which, you know, in the back of your mind as a homeschooler, when they went to school, there was that dread of like, oh, what if my kids are so underprepared or what if they're really behind and they're not, they're doing a amazing. They came home with great grades this last term. They just got their report cards. They're pretty much like the top of their class, which made me feel a lot better. And my older two are a little young for their grades. And then Max, my youngest, because all my kids have summer birthdays. So they're like the mm-hmm. in-between where they could either yeah. be really young or kind of old. So the older two are young for their grade. And Max is a little bit on the older side for his grade. And that has worked out really well. We feel like we placed them right where they should have been grade-wise. I mean, 
mean, overall, I would say mostly pros. The cons are after being in charge of my kids' education for (laughs) nine years, it's a little hard to let some of that stuff go. You know, you're not in charge of everything they learn anymore. And there's just a lot of wasted time in a public school day. Yeah. So they notice that they do actually. Interesting. And but that's one of those things that when I bring it up, you know, if you're homeschooled again, you know, we could do something else with that time, but they still enjoy being there. So I'm fine with that. And the part of that is just when you have more people and more, it's going to take more time to get through things. But overall, our experience with the school has been really positive. I really enjoy their teachers. We've had good feedback from the school. It can be a little frustrating, just like any other big organization you're working Mm -hmm. with. But overall, everyone's been really receptive to any questions we've had. I I would say like the time thing is probably the biggest con and they don't love waking up early. (laughs) (laughs) Of course not. It hasn't bothered them to the point where they're not willing to do it. That's really cool to hear. One of your kids has a learning disability. Yep. And how has that been for that child to transition into a public school setting? Have you had to get services? Have you not had to? Because she was already at a place where she was working independently. Obviously, they're all performing high in class. But how is that part yeah. gone? So that was really surprising for me. And that was one of the things when they did enter in school. I talked to the school about it. And they said, you know, we could go ahead and do services if we wanted to. And I said, well, let's just see how she does because I had no idea, Mm -hmm. you know, compared to her peers, how she was going to be doing. And then if it seemed like she was struggling keeping up with the work, we'd go from there. And that's my middle. She has dyslexia. So actually at her first parent teacher conference, her teacher told me that she never would have known that my daughter had dyslexia if it hadn't been in her paperwork. I was shocked. She has really caught up. And you know what I have to attribute to so much of her growth with her skills is graphic novels. Oh yeah. The kid reads graphic novels like I've never seen. We will go to the library and she will have a stack. It's like a, a comical, like it's teetering. It's so high, like the books are going to fall over. And I'll remind her like the library is going to be here next week. You know, we can maybe not get out 20 books. Let's take out 10 of this graphic novel series or whatever, but she loves them. They have really helped her because I think anything with a lot of text on the page was pretty intimidating to her at first, but she's doing great. She just had to take the practice ACT. Uh, They do that in seventh and eighth grade Mm -hmm. here with the kids to kind of get them used to it. And her language art scores were super high. So it was really interesting to me. And I don't know if she has just progressed a lot. Her dyslexia was like on the mild side anyway. It wasn't severe. And I can tell she still struggles with things once in a while, but we have been really impressed. And, you know, I can't really speak to what the services would have been like at school because we haven't had to utilize them yet. That's amazing. But what an yeah. encouragement <laughs> to know that she can hold her own based on the foundation that you mm-hmm. helped her. Because I remember you were just a huge proponent of graphic novels once she started showing yes. interest in those and you let her go the way that she obviously needed to go. So that's fantastic. And that's encouragement for any parent with someone with a learning disability like dyslexia that, you know, you can scaffold them and help them find their way and they can succeed. in public. Yeah. Yeah. And I, like I said, I was really happy that the school did offer those resources to us, you know, without us having to need them first and jump through a bunch of hoops. And jump through a bunch of hoops. Yeah. If 
a parent is considering moving to public school or even say to a private school or a charter school or something like that, knowing that you've got to go through the thinking process together with your husband, what questions should a parent ask themselves? What questions or topics should they broach with their kids? Are there any that you just found to be hugely pivotal or conversations you wished you had had? Maybe that ended up coming up later. What kind of things would you think a parent should think about and talk about with their kids? I think the first one is just trying to recognize if your kid is thriving in whatever environment they're in. We were still enjoying homeschooling as a family, but as my kids got to that middle school age where peers become so important, I was just noticing that I didn't feel like homeschooling was benefiting them as much as it had in the younger years. And also, you know, going to school has really given them an opportunity to build some resilience. And that's something that my husband and I, when we talk about our goals for the kids as they get older, it's that we want them to be resilient adults prepared for whatever they want to do in the world. And I do think that we could have done that if we stayed homeschooling without a doubt. But this definitely gives them some challenges that like having maybe a teacher that you don't love so much, but you've got to deal with difficult people or navigating an environment where you're the new kid, you know, because we do, are at such a small school. It's a lot of kind of extended rural families at this school. So a lot mm-hmm. of people are related to each other. So we're definitely new, but they've done really well with that. So I think it's given, you know, some challenges for the kids and for our family. And the other thing that homeschooling taught me is that no decision has to be permanent. We loved that we did have that short window of the school year where if the kids would have absolutely hated it after that seven week, we could have said, okay, this is great. We tried it we can go back to what we were doing. So I would say if you can, if you're thinking of changing, maybe change like mid-semester or halfway through the year where you don't have to commit a whole section of time. Also, even if you do want your kids to commit to a large chunk of time, like half a year or a year or whatever, if it's not working, you can always go back. And I think that has always been in the back of my head that if at any point this isn't working, we can always go back. My oldest is in ninth grade and we're actually thinking of either halfway through this year or next year, moving him to the other school in our area, which it's a much bigger school. We're talking about going from 40 kids per grade to over 300 kids per grade, but he's the one who wants to change. He wants more of a challenge. He wants a bigger environment. And it's neat to see your kids getting older because he said, you know, where I'm at the agriculture school, I'm not really interested in going into agriculture. I know that the other school has more clubs and more programs and more career tracks that I can investigate. His least favorite subject when we were homeschooling is writing. And now he loves writing. He wants to be in the writing club. He writes short stories all the time. And when I had to do writing with him, it was like pulling So, you know, sometimes you just need a change of scenery and a change of teacher. Yeah, to discover something new and they never cease to surprise you. As far as other questions, you know, we've involved our kids a lot in the process. Anytime you're moving or something like that changes in your family, it gives you a chance to evaluate everything that's going on. That was a nice opportunity for us to have some of those discussions. But talking to the kids about what they were excited about, I think all the kids were a little worried about bullying, just Mm -hmm. because you hear that a lot. You hear a lot about bullying at school. We have not experienced that at all. It's really opened my eyes being a public school parent now about a lot of misinformation surrounding public schools and what's really going on there. Asking your kids, you know, what are you excited about? What are you 
you afraid of and letting them know that you're there to support them. Just because they're going to school doesn't mean I'm washing my hands of anything. You know, I've had to have conversations with teachers and administration about lots of different things. Everything from some questions about curriculum to my daughter had a weird allergic reaction and all of a sudden needed an EpiPen until we got some allergy testings. You really are partnering with the school and some people tend to give that a negative connotation, but for us, it's been very positive. That kind of leads into my next question, which is what wisdom can you offer to parents who are new to public school and how can those parents advocate for their kids once those kids are in someone else's classroom under someone else's authority, you know, whether that's administration or teachers, how can you take on a different role and do it well? I think that at times in the homeschool community, there can be a bit of an adversarial relationship with the public schools. Like we see all of the things that aren't working with the public schools, which to be clear, are many things. (laughs) And it's one of the reasons we kept our kids home for so long. There were just things we didn't like about school. But if you decide to put your kids in school, whatever kind of school that might be, you really need to let go of that and see how can I partner with my school? One of the first things I did when my kids got in school was sign up to be on the PTO, which I am like not your typical PTO mom. (laughs) I'm not crafty. I I don't love talking to people about donations, but their school has a carnival every year. It's just a fundraiser type Mm -hmm. of activity. I wasn't able to be involved this fall, but I did it last year and solicited fundraising and donations and worked in the kitchen serving food. Other things too, like when they have parent-teacher conferences, you provide food for the teachers and things like that. I think that unfortunately, public school teachers and administrators have kind of become a bit of a scapegoat Build in society and public schools are struggling right now, which, you know, I have my master's degree in education and I'm not signing up to go teach at a public school because it's a very hard mm-hmm. work for very little pay and it's so stressful. But as parents can advocate for our public schools, find out what they need. I've become really close with my school's art teacher because my kids, all three of them love art and she's really sweet. And, you know, when they needed money for art supplies, we just gave them money, you know, because yeah. we could. Like just finding out what the school's needs are is huge. But you know, also reminding yourself that you're still in charge of your kids education. Mm-hmm. You're not just totally seeding over all of it to the public school or private school or whatever. So it's a partnership, but it's like a business partnership where you have to be firm in your boundaries. You have to advocate for your kids if they need services. If there's something going on at school that you have questions about, just approach it with kindness. I always try to remind myself when I email an administrator or a teacher, I never expect them to get back to me right away unless I tell them it's urgent, you know, and then I'll make a phone call instead of an email. They have so many fish to fry that I just try to be patient and kind as much as I can. And it's made me a bigger advocate for public education, being in public schools and seeing all the good that they do. There's a lot of kids in our school district who fall below the poverty line. Mm -hmm. And just seeing all the amazing work they do, even just feeding kids every day. If you're hungry, you're not going to learn, you know, just things like that and trying to step up where you can. Yeah. And that's a good reminder for us that schools also are made up of people. They're not just yeah. an institution. And I think public school is absolutely a necessary institution. Yeah. We certainly cannot all reform. be homeschoolers. Yeah. <laughs> right, right. It would be yeah. wonderful, you know, if everyone wanted to and could, but schools are, you know, it's much needed and a great service, even, yeah. even when it's not working at its best. Yeah. 
And sometimes I think we forget that before there was public mm-hmm. education, only the privileged were, were educated. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If you couldn't find a way to go to school, then you just didn't yeah, have Yeah, or education. even just in other countries where they yeah. don't have it yes, and how expensive absolutely. it is to go to school. Yes. And in third world countries. Yes. In developing nations. Yeah. you personally, how has transitioning from being a homeschool parent to a public school parent affected you maybe emotionally, mentally, figuring out what your life needs to look like? Because you have a small business, but also it's easy when you are a homeschool mom or even a stay-at-home mom, then all of a sudden you don't have that anymore. And it's like, there's an anchor that has disappeared. So any thoughts on that that you want to share? It was a tough transition for me personally. I think it was harder on me than it was on the kids for sure, because they were excited about doing something new. And I was excited for them but I always joke around that I am a terrible paperwork mom and with public school comes a lot of paperwork Paperwork. so yes just that was overwhelming to provide all of that but then I was used to always having my kids with me all the time so there was a grieving period for a while where I was really sad without them and there are still some days where I'm like oh I I miss doing these things with them today they were actually home because it's election day so it was nice we just hung out and we didn't do anything special like they played with the neighbor kids a little bit and did some video games and they helped me clean up a bit of the yard, you know, but it was just nice to have them around. And I do miss that. At the same time, though, I really enjoy having more space in my day, for sure. Mm-hmm. You, I think that any homeschool parent, even if you just have a friend wash your kids for the day, you know how fast that day goes. It's not like you have right. so much time. I take them to school in the morning around seven, a little after seven, and then they come home on the bus at just after three, you know, it's like work day. Eight. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but by the time, you know, I'm doing things during the day and running errands and then all of a sudden it's three o'clock is there and I got to run to the bus stop to pick them up. I do enjoy having a little more space in my day. It's made me, especially as the kids got older, you know, having one in high school now and everything's on the transcript. It makes you, I think a little nervous about, am I getting everything in? And I feel like I don't have to worry about that as much. I feel a little more peace about knowing that everything is taken care of. So yeah, I have a lot more time for myself during the day. And I do enjoy that. I like the fact that, you know, I've met some friends here now and I actually have a friend from who I've been friends with for years who lives in this area too. So you can go uh, get coffee. We did. We went to lunch yesterday. We just went to lunch. And it was like, she texted me at 1030 and was like, hey, are you free for lunch today? Yes, I happen to be. So that was nice. And I feel like one of the really good changes is as much as I loved homeschooling, there were a lot of days where I felt pulled in multiple directions Mm -hmm. because I was trying to do school stuff and just home management stuff and then small business stuff kind of all intertwined. Part of that was my personal choice. I'm not great at compartmentalizing if I don't have an external force making me do so. So it was hard for, I think you've done a really good job. You know, your girls know when you're working, you're working. Yeah. And I didn't have that to set up our days when we were homeschooling. So there were some days it would make me feel frazzled and stressed. So I I, I totally, I understand where you're coming (laughs) from. Yes, it is. It's so much. And even with the kids in school, it's still a lot to just manage. One kid just came out of braces. The other one's in braces. One just was in the ER with a shoulder injury. So there's always something. But with the kids in school, I try to get as much of the non-child rearing related stuff done while they're at school so that when they Mm. come home, I feel like I can really focus my attention on them, which my older ones being like teen and preteen now, they don't always love that. Like they kind of (laughs) 
sometimes come home and just like go to their room for a little while and decompress, which is fine. But I'm available if they need me. And I can help with homework, which that's another thing I thought my kids were going to have like so much homework. They do not. (laughs) So I'm happy to say that. And I know that can vary by school. But even my ninth grader has usually enough time during the school day, they have like some downtime that they can work on some of their work. And he rarely brings home homework. Really, my third grader has more homework than my ninth grader right now. Mm. And I think a lot of that is because third grade is such a crucial year if your kids are in public school for the literacy standards. So they really drill a lot of that in. But I think if I had to give any advice to anybody doing it, I would just say realize that there will be a period of grief, probably just for the change, even if it's a good change. Like for our family, it's been very positive, but I still had to allow myself to be sad that things were changing and that it was such a big change for our family. I think it's been, you know, beneficial that it has been such a positive change for us because I might feel different if we had had more struggles. And with my oldest possibly going to another school next year, that might look different. So we'll have to talk again in a year and see. Yeah. See how that is. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So we'll have to see how that goes. Anything else that you just want to share that's been on your mind or that you thought of while we were talking? I would just tell people, don't be afraid to make a change if what you're doing isn't working or feels stale. I think so many of us sometimes have that, you know, little voice in the back of our head, if you want to call that conscience, Holy Spirit, whatever, where you just feel like it's time for a change. And it's really easy to ignore that or just push it away because you don't feel ready or it's not the right time. But I would just say to try to listen to that and give some time to think that through because it was funny when my oldest turned 13, I thought I would have like a lot of emotions about him being a teenager, but I didn't. I was just like, oh, But then like when he started high school, it really hit me that we only have a couple years left with him at home. I think that that time is so precious and I want to do what's right for him in that time. And I think that as of right now, we have made the right decision to let them try school, but also letting them know that we're flexible and, you know, we can homeschool again or try a different school that things can change. My kids know that I'm there to um, do what's best for them, even if it's not what's easiest for me or what I want in the long run, because there's going to be a lot of decisions that my kids make as they age into adulthood that probably wouldn't be what my choice for them would have been, or I would have, you know, wanted them to have a different path or an easier route, but you got to let them make some of those choices too. I think the only other thing is that if you are thinking of giving public school a try, don't let biases cloud your view or color your expectations too much. I look back now on some of our homeschooling years, especially the earlier homeschooling years. I was pretty judgmental of my friends who were putting their kids in public school, especially, you know, families who were putting their kids in kindergarten or something. So I just thought like, oh, you should keep them home. And I've realized a couple of things. One, everybody needs to do what's best for their family. And it's really none of my business what that is. And also that what we hear about public schools isn't always the true picture of what's going on. Mm -hmm. And that if your public school is needing help or struggling, the answer isn't just the school. Like You can be a part of that solution too, whether your kids go to the school or not. Because even if your kids aren't in school, you can vote for teacher pay raises that will help your community or you know, decreasing class sizes, just being involved in different ways, because what benefit the whole community will in turn benefit your family in the long run. And I'm glad to be partnered with my public school now. I don't know what the future will hold with that. Seems like right now we're on the public school path. But even if things changed, and we either 
shifted to a private school or homeschooling again. So I like to think that I would continue to be involved in trying to help the public schools succeed because they really have been a great partner in my kids' education. I don't think there's a better way you could possibly wrap that up. Oh, Thank you so much. <laughs> it's been so good chatting with you and just hearing how things are going. And thank you for being willing to come back on and share with us what it's been like the past year or so. Thanks everyone for joining us. And thanks for being back with us, Lindsay. And we'll be back with another episode next week. Thank you so much. You've been listening to the Relatable Homeschoolers podcast. Thanks so much for joining us. You can find links to all the books and resources we mention on the show at our website, therelatablehomeschoolers.com. We would love to hear your homeschooling questions. You can email us at therelatablehomeschoolers at gmail.com. You can also connect with us on Facebook and Instagram at The Relatable Homeschoolers. We'd love it if you leave a rating and review for us on iTunes. It only takes a minute and we'll ensure more homeschooling mamas get to hear our show. We'll be back with another episode soon. Until then, happy homeschooling schooling.